Amen. And that is the wrong verse. It's all right. Open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 5. Isaiah 53, verse number 5. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, it says this. But. I was sick, but I was bound by sin, but I'm going to read verse 4. It's not on the screen. It says, surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrow, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. God let him down. God struck him down. God let him be punished on a cross. But, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Nobody in this house wants to be healed. I'm going to tell you, nobody in here wants to be healed. By his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. You see, it's not by the land on my hands. It's not by the oil. Oh, I know about giving oil. I know about a lot in this place. But it's not about the oil being poured over our heads. It's about the stripes that were laid on his back. By his stripes, we are healed. There's more of anointing in here than there's a shout in here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, I think that's why the devil got me sick. God let the devil get me sick. That way I'd have that raspy preacher's voice when I got up here tonight. Woo, come on now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your grace. And Lord, I ask that you would send your victory, that you would send your power that you would send your anointing. Lord, I pray that you would put inside me an anointing to preach beyond my physical capability, beyond my mental capability, beyond my spiritual capability. And Lord, allow me, Lord Jesus, to move out, Lord, beyond what I can even trust and what I can even believe. And let us see the miraculous. Let us see the life-changing. Let us see the power that you gave to us that night 2,000 years ago. Lord, I thank you, I praise you, I magnify you, and I glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, amen. You may be seated. God is a good, 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 good God. Praise the Lord, Jesus, amen, amen, amen. 
I'm going to try this one more time, and Cody, you may have to take over. Praise the Lord. When I, when I begin to think about Easter, all this started with an Easter sermon that I'm going to preach Sunday morning called That's My Cross. You don't want to miss that. You want to be here. How many of you believe that I can preach? I can't even get up here. How many of you believe I can preach about a third of a sermon standing right here? Not moving. Some of you are going, no, I don't think so. You need to be here. And uh, I, as I began to think about that, as I began to think about that's my cross, and I laid out that that's what I was going to preach for Easter, God said, well, you're not done. He said, uh, you need to preach Good Friday. God, why well, you want me to preach Good Friday? He said, I want you to preach a sermon called That's My Scar. And then he said something that challenged me. He said, I want you to promote Good Friday as a healing service. Oh, I love, we've done all kinds of stuff for Good Friday. We've done dramas. We've done one-man dramas. I've done, one, I've done the crucifixion through the eyes of Peter, through the eyes of, of the soldier. I, 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 we've done full cast dramas. We've done communion services, but God said, to, this year, I want you to have a healing service. And I said, God, God what if nobody gets healed? Mm-hmm. God sent me to a funeral where I talked to a pastor who had lost his wife. The last time I saw that pastor, he was under pressure and in pain emotionally. When I see him at his wife's funeral, he had a big old smile on his face. He was light of his step. And this is what he told me. He said he had been out praying for God to heal his heart. And said, God spoke to him and said, how can you ask me to heal your heart when you don't exercise and you don't eat right and you don't do your part? He said, you do your part and I'll do my part. And man, when that, when he said that to me, it echoed in my ear and I began to understand that my part of the healing service was to have it. His part is to do the miracles. It doesn't have to come from me. It's not about what I can do. It's not what I can achieve. I can't achieve anything. I believe, though, that the God that I serve can reach down and bring healing into your lives. I believe God for that. So I began to think about (coughs) this sermon, That's My Scar. And as I begin to think about it, I begin to realize that we have many scars. One of the first things that I notice is that he will heal us. Not we are healed, not we will, we have been healed, but we will be healed. I, I look here in Second Corinthians, Second uh, Chronicles, chapter seven, verse fourteen. One of my favorite verses. 
says, if my people pray. How many of you know if is a power is as powerful word as the word but? Matter of fact, I don't know if I'm gonna wait till I'm through with the daily but or not, but pretty soon I'm gonna be doing if and daily. And we're gonna look at the word if through the Bible. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you know that you're in your land? You're in your land. Before we can get into having been healed, before we can get into walking in our healing, we got to understand that healing is coming, and healing coming is is prefaced by an if. If my people who are called by by, 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 by my name, if my people... He doesn't say that it's an automatic. He doesn't say that it's a given. He says, if you will. He doesn't say, if my people who are called by the name Souls Harbor. He says, if my people who are called by my name. Called by my name. What do they call us? They call us Christians. You ever looked at that word? Christ. Christ-like. Christians, we carry the name of Christ. If my people who have the audacity and the, and the boldness to say I'm a Christian, I want to be labeled Christ-like. If my people who say they can carry my name will humble themselves. Some of us, we don't want to humble ourselves. We want God to humble himself. God, you give me, you give me, you give me, you do this, you do that, you do the other. Sometimes the reason why we don't get healing is because we have no humility. We have, we have no place in our life where we lay ourselves down and say it's no longer about me. It's not about me, but I've been called by your name, and now I humble myself and pray. Can I give you a secret? If you haven't been praying for your healing before you got here tonight, you'll probably leave here the same way you came here. We sit around and we think somebody else is going to pray the prayer. Somebody else is going to worship the worship. Somebody else is going to praise the Lord. Don't you know that's why we sit around and we watch other people worship and praise? Because we feel like they can do it for us. I got news for you. Amy can't worship for you. Nobody can praise for you. You got to break through yourself. If my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We got to look. We got to dig. We got to search. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn 
from their wicked ways. Some of you, you want God to do something great. You want God to do something fantastic. But you don't want to change your path. You want God to do things unreal in your life. You want God to do things supernatural in your life. But you want to live in the natural. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give up those chocolate chip cookies. Talked about that Wednesday night. Full full disclosure and full confession, I went from here's Wednesday night, went to Walmart and bought a dozen chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> went home, went home, cooked them up. I just couldn't, I couldn't resist. They were in my mind. We... We say we want God to do something spectacular in our life. But we don't want to turn TV off. I'm about to really step out there on thin ice. We think we can go home and we think we can listen to lying, cheating, drinking, country music and everything will be okay. Oh, come on. I can't believe Pastor likes rock and roll. Well, you like country. Ain't neither one of them going to get us to heaven. See, I've learned I got to be very cautious how I flip through a radio dial. It takes a second to hook you back. We want a God experience. We want God to change our life, but we want to do it on our terms. We want to do it with the stuff that makes us comfortable. We want to do it with the stuff that we like. When God has called us to humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, what happened to old-fashioned holiness? What happened to separating ourselves out? What happened to sanctification? Oh, Pastor, how can you preach about sanctification? You ain't wearing a suit nor a tie. Because sanctification is a matter of the heart, not a matter of the clothesline. Oh, but I got news for you. Let me stay there for just a second, though. Honey, if you think you're sanctified and you got everything you got flaunted out there for everybody to see, maybe you need to figure out what sanctification really is. You you guys going to wish I hadn't got sick before I preached this sermon. Let me tell you something. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's the ifs. Then comes the promise. Every if has a promise. Every if has a promise. If we'll do this, God will do something else. If they will do that, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. If we've ever lived in a land that's sick, we live in a land that's sick. We live in a land that's so sick that the churches have become sick. 
when we have the same when we have the same divorce divorce rate inside the church that they have outside the church there's something wrong in the house of God when they tell me that the same number of people sitting in my pews tonight and every Sunday morning the same percentage of them are involved in online pornography we've got a problem we've got a situation but if we will humble ourselves and we will seek God God has promised that he will hear from heaven and he will heal you see before we ever get here we start talking about being healed and having been healed we got to get to the place that we have fulfilled the if for the coming healing We've got to believe. We've got to seek. We've got to pray. We've got to trust. We've got to be righteous. I'm not telling you that you have to earn your healing, but I'm telling you right now, somewhere down the road, we got to stand up. He will heal us. Mm. I can get excited there and I can preach about that. But that's the most depressing point of my sermon tonight. I'm drinking hot tea to try to open up a scratchy voice because he will heal me. You know what that means? I ain't healed yet. It's coming. I, I I love I love things that are coming, but I ain't got them yet. It's depressing when you keep talking about things that ain't happened yet. Have you ever thought about Jesus is coming back again? But I've heard that every camp meeting, every New Year's Eve service all of my life, and I ain't seen him come back yet. Oh, I can get excited about the fact he's coming, but I want to see it. If somebody came up to you and said, I will give you $100, but not yet. Every, every day, you start going, is, is this the day you're going to give me that $100? Is, is, is this the time? Is this when? I told my son that I send him an allowance every two weeks. Very little, just enough to put a little gas in his car. He starts texting me about two days to two weeks before payday. Hey, Dad. When do I get my allowance? Son, I told you you get your allowance on the 5th and the 20th. But but it's the 16th. When do I get my allowance? You will. But not yet. Now, I could get up here and I could talk about all night how he will heal us. And we know that it's coming. We understand it's out there on the horizon. But if I let you leave here hearing all that you heard is he will, eventually you're going to walk out of the church going, 
He always say that. But that's not all I see. Not only will he heal us, he is healing us. The verse that we read to open this, this service tonight, Isaiah chapter 53. Mm. I got to go back and re-preach some of this. See, God doesn't always tell me what I'm going to do. He just lays it out, and then I see it when I'm preaching. See, he will heal us based on an if. He is healing us is based on a but. If says that we have to do something, and God will. If we will, God will. But says this is what they say it is, but it ain't what you think it is. If says that we have to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. But, but, but says, though we thought... But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. You know what this means? This means that the will heal is happening now. It, it means that it's in process. It, it means that that hundred dollars I said I was going to give you is here. It's in process. Notice I didn't pull out a hundred dollars. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You need to understand when you walk in that door tonight, when you give glory to God, when you give praise to God, when you understand the will heal, the is healing starts happening. The is healing starts happening. Now let me tell you something about is healing. Is healing comes in a lot of different ways. Is healing sometimes is and it's all gone. And sometimes it's a process of surgeries and doctors and issues and treatments and this and that and the other. But you're just as healed. You're just as healed. Is healing means that God can heal us however, whenever. The way he wants to heal us. When my oldest son was born, my wife got toxemia, preeclampsia. Her blood pressure 
spiked up at about 180 over 110. We went, I had a friend who was a chiropractor and he was having a health fair. And I went to donate blood at his health fair. And he looked at Beth, he went to our church, he said, Beth, you don't look good. You're swell, let me check your blood pressure. And it was through the roof. And he said, listen, you head to the hospital, we'll call the doctor and tell him you're on your way and your blood pressure's high. Once we got there, everybody was like, are you the one that the chiropractor sent to the doctor to have a baby? When Anthony was born, it was eight weeks premature. They had given best steroids. And uh, I said, what, what am I listening for? And they said, he needs to be over four pounds and breathing on his own. They said, now we're concerned because from the ultrasound, it looks like he's going to be a little small. I said, oh, no, God's got this. I didn't say that. I didn't know God's got this yet. Said it. I just didn't say it in those words. We prayed. They told us. Now, this sounds so crazy to me now. They told us that there was a 5% chance the baby wouldn't make it. You might as well told me that it was a definite deal that the baby was going to die. We were beside ourselves. Of course, we kept thinking it was only a 2% chance that Beth would get toxemia. She got it. The baby was, they did the C-section, they pulled that baby out, put him on a scale, he sounded like a little mouse. <laughs> Quietest that kid's ever been since then. Four pounds, two ounces. He beat four pounds. Next thing I hear, he's breathing. I knew it. I knew it. They told us you can expect to be in the NICU until his original due date, eight weeks. Thirteen days later, we brought that boy home. Thirteen days later, we brought him home. Now, I, I tell you the story of Anthony because my mother-in-law flew in. And it was about six, seven days into the stay in the NICU. Beth had finally, they, it took forever for Beth to get settled down. Beth had finally got settled down. She's always stirring up trouble. And and she got settled down. And I'd been over with Beth in her room, and my mother-in-law had went to the NICU and was holding Anthony. And I walked in the room, and my mother-in-law sitting there and crying, tears just pouring out. And I'm like, Mom, it's over now. I mean, all the scary stuff is behind us. He's doing everything wonderfully. There's no issues. There's no problems. There's no circumstances. And my mother-in-law looks at me with tears in her eyes. And she says, you don't understand. If. My baby had been born now instead of 30 years ago. Her child named Michael, who was eight weeks premature, if he had been born 30 years later, he would have lived. 
said, don't you understand that God provided the right time for your son to live? And I thought, whoa, God has made a way. God has prepared. God has set the situations in motion. And my baby is healed. Some of you are walking in your healing right now and you don't even understand it. Some of you are walking in your healing right now and you don't even understand it. Because God says, by his stripes we are healed. It's happening. It's a process. It's going through. There is, there is things happening. Oh, you were being healed. The whole time you were going through every bit of that struggle, every bit of that circle, you were being healed. You are being healed. You are being healed right now as you walk through the valley, as you go through the issues and the struggles. You are being healed. I've got news for you, church. We've got to come to a place that we understand he is healing us. Sister Wanda says every day when I ask her, how you doing? She goes, getting better every day. She got up Thursday morning and spoke to the lay at the layman service. And wow, what a testimony she gave. It was a testimony that says, by his stripes, we are healed. We are being healed. It is happening. It is going. But, Pastor, quit being picky. Quit being picky. Let God heal you the way God wants to heal you. Quit acting like you're God's supervisor or God's boss and saying, God, it's not a healing unless you do this, that, or the other. All God has to do is extend you and bring you wholeness and bring you completeness, and you've got healing. He will heal us. That's a promise. He is healing us. That's a faith step. But let me tell you about a victory. He has healed us. First Peter. Chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading verse number 21. It says, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Now, before I go any past verse 21, let me tell you where we're at. We're not talking about a healing service here. This is Peter writing to the slaves. Peter is telling the slaves how they need to live for Christ. How did they suffer for Christ? How that no matter how their masters treat them, they stand and be obedient. 
I tell people, I used to tell my young people, and I tell people this all the time, anytime in the Bible where you read a passage that is instructions to slaves, I want you to substitute the word slave for employee. Because this is how you're supposed to work at your jobs. I'm going to take a little side road here for just a second. If you're not the number one employee at your job, then I'm not sure you're Christian. You talking about pastor? Because according to the Bible, the slaves were to be upright, no matter what their masters were like. You are a witness to your Savior. We need to work for our masters and work for our employers the way we work for Christ. I believe in work ethic. Makes me nervous when I see Christians that can't hold a job more than three months at a time. Well, they just didn't appreciate me there. Maybe you need to understand you need to treat them like you would treat Christ. And you quit wanting them to cater to you and you start doing the extra mile to take care of them. That's what you've called to do by Christ. Peter here is writing to the slaves. Here's the other thing about reading scripture about slaves. That is how we live to Christ. Because don't you know that you have been bought with a great price? We have been bought. It is not our life anymore. It belongs to him. So Peter writes here and he says, listen, to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. That you should follow his steps. He said, you need to do what he does. Verse 22. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was revealed, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. See, Jesus said, I will heal your land. That's out there. We can't see it yet. Isaiah said, by his stripes we are healed. He is giving us a process of healing. It's happening. We see it. We, we, we're living in it. We're going through it. But I'm going to tell you, when you're going through healing, sometimes it doesn't feel like victory. But Peter says, whose stripes, who by whose stripes, you were healed. It's done. It's over. We walk into a house, and the preacher says, we're going to have a healing service. And we start saying, he will heal us. He will. He will. He will. He will. He will. Then we begin to understand that he is. Yes. Yes. 
Beth got up a few weeks ago, prayed right over here. Got up her on her own. She now sits around the house and she goes. I'll look over every once in a while. She's put herself in the floor just so she can stand up. You know why? Because he is healing her. But there's a victory that comes when we remember that he has already healed us. See, there's people in this house right now that's got cancer. But you're not one of them. Because he has healed you. There's people in this house right now it's battling with depression and heartache. But there's others who isn't because God has healed them. There's people in this room right now who's battling some form of addiction, some form of, of, of dependency. But you're not because he has healed you. There are people battling with mental uh, struggles and uh, spiritual struggles that fight, fighting against evil and, 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 and demonic powers, but you're not because he has healed you. We're going to pray in a minute. And I believe God is healing some people in this room tonight. But here's where I want you to start. Where has he healed me? You know what we live? We live in that what have you done for me lately mentality. When I was seven years old, I got bit by tick. One of many that bit me in my childhood. But this one had a little white dot on its back. I killed that sucker. We found him. He was already dead. Everybody was worried. In the Tulsa area that year, we'd had some tornadoes and Several kids had been bitten by ticks. Three kids in Tulsa had died from Rocky Mountain spotted fever. It was all over the news to look out for this kind of tick. That was my kind of tick. They began to look at my feet. Said their feet will break out. My feet began to break out. Mom and dad rushed me to an ER. Seven or eight years old, and all I know is I've got something that has killed people. I remember the doctor, never forget, the doctors came back and said, well, we got medicines, caught it pretty early. I don't think it'll be a big deal. But we got two medicines. You got to choose either. One of them will probably stain his adult teeth yellow. The other one might give him blood disease. 
I'm seven or eight years old going, hey, listen, stain my teeth. <laughs> like, like I, I don't think that's much of a choice. I barely remember anything about Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever outside of the trip to the ER. Why? Because God put his hand on me. God directed me. I've been in car wrecks. I should have been in car wrecks. God has healed me. When we come to this altar in a few minutes, the first thing I want us to do is praise God that he will heal us. Thank him that he has healed us. And then we're going to believe in him that he is healing us. Most of us in this room, we can tell you, there, I know there are many, 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 many stories in this room of healing. Emotional, spiritual, relational, physical, where God has reached down and touched. God has reached down and, and delivered and set free. But some of you walked in here this morning, this evening, and you're carrying the weight. You're carrying the weight of a physical need. You're carrying the weight of an emotional need. You're carrying the weight of a spiritual need. You're carrying the weight of a relational need. And when that weight is on your shoulders, sometimes we forget he said he will, he will do it. I'll lift it. When we're carrying the weight of that need, sometimes we forget that he has already done some. He's already delivered. He's already healed. But when we understand that he will and he has, then we can trust that he is. When we know that he will, and we can see that he has, then we can have faith that he is. Here's what we're going to do. You're only going to get the healings you ask for. God is not going to be a waiter tonight and walk around and come and go, oh, what can I do for you? Would you like a healing tonight? We have several on the menu. That's how we, that's how we treat God in church nowadays because we've become consumers of God instead of followers of God. But if you'll have enough faith to get up out of your seat and come stand across front of this church, You come to him. We've got to establish that he will. So how are we going to do that? If my people will humble themselves, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways.
I will hear from heaven and heal their land. As you get up here, I want you to begin to humble yourselves. Begin to pray. Begin to ask God to forgive you of the, the, the bad attitudes and, and, and the, the things you've been saying wrong. Begin to ask God to forgive you of the things that, that you've put in front of him. The idolatry of this generation as we've put uh, uh, fun and, 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 and relaxation and, and, and television and sports and all these things ahead of God. I want you to just begin to, to, to repent for those things. And that will set up God's promise to fulfill the if. If we will do that, God said he will heal. And then I want us to praise him and glorify him and thank him because he has healed. He has paid the price. He has done the work. And when we praise him for the things he has done, then I want us to start saying, okay, God, now you can do what you are doing. I want you to heal what I'm facing. I'm going to come and I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to let everybody have a few moments just to seek him. Fulfill the if. Praise for the past. And then celebrate. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace is upon us, was upon him. Chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. It is happening right now. Right now, just begin to, just begin to worship God. Just begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. Begin to repent for those things that get in your way. Begin to thank him for the things that he's already done. And in just a few moments, I believe when I come, I believe that God will send me at the right time to lay hands on you. And when I lay hands on you, I believe God will begin the work, and he is healing you. He is setting you free.